Now, let me give you a, a proper intro now. So uh, we have Marcel Custos, who is, well, let's say, ex-Samilia uh, and works in fine wine hospitality consultant. He's He's got a very, very fascinating career and, uh, and, and story. So, uh, Marcel, can I hand the reins over to you to maybe um, start off with uh, your time with Penfolds and give us a, give us an overview of your career to date. Okay. Well, thanks. Thanks, you for the for the intro. Um, yeah. Look, my I guess my journey to um, to becoming a sommelier and working in fine wine was uh, slightly different from from what you would consider the um, traditional. Um, I learned um, winemaking and winery operations. Um, my bachelor degree back in back in Hungary, where where I was born. And um, then moved into a um, gastronomy um, education after, um, with uh, a few stops, a uh, few little things at, at, at restaurants, as a, as a, a sommelier and bartender. And, uh, at that time, I really loved uh, creating flavors and, uh, and uh, creating new cocktails, and, and that led me to basically my first, uh, I guess professional job, which was um, a product developer for, for a uh, chocolate company. And then I got to an ice cream company as well. Um, when you're, it sounds a bit, uh, we don't like uh, uh, chocolate or, or, or rice cream versus, versus wine, but uh, um, the, the fundamentals are actually quite similar because it was all about, uh, um, you know, putting flavors together, different textures together. Um, and the idea was to, um, Put the different parts together, and uh, the, the the whole should be greater than the sum of its parts. <laughs> and um, and yeah, so that uh, actually took me to Australia. I came over for for an internship, and uh, that's how I uh, started to work with uh, uh, with wine again, um, wine sensory evaluation, sensory science at the University of Adelaide. And uh, I was fortunate enough to um, to receive a scholarship. Um, so I, I moved to Australia back in 2015 and I started my PhD, which was about uh, food, wine, and emotion pairings. And uh, then um, that was an absolutely fantastic time because I really got to uh, you know explore my passion and uh, I got to work with uh, you know over 80 wineries from um, uh, 10 different uh, wine regions. Mm-hmm. And uh, we're looking into how we can, how could we use food and wine pairing and emotion pairings to promote uh, Australian wine regions and uh, sub-region, sub-regional TPC, uh, sub-regional terroir expression, if you will. Um, uh-huh. And uh, it also um, allowed me to connect with the with, with the wine industry directly. Mm-hmm. And um, after uh, after I finished my PhD, even um, I was fortunate enough to join Pamfords as uh, as Somali. Um, versus Somali and then later became um, Pet Somali and uh, that was also a fantastic time because uh, I mean, there's so much history um, in that side and uh, you know that, that, that was the, um, the, the that was an important milestone for, milestone for me because I really developed that uh, uh, appreciation for uh, aged um, Australian wines was managing mm-hmm. the cellar that uh, uh, was stretching back to um, 1946. Yeah, wow. 
Yeah, so that, that was some real uh, treasures, and of course, you know, Peter Gago would uh, stop by sometimes, and uh, he would have uh, something interesting to show. Uh, you know, not to mention some special dinners with uh, with uh, some um, you know um, quite uh, big names uh, in the in, uh, Belgian wine industry. So we're fortunate mm. enough to taste some uh, absolutely special wines, and, uh, and yeah, so um, that COVID happened obviously, and. Um, and uh, you know, I had to kind of uh, uh, rethink uh, what's next. I also had uh, I was had um, an accident um, at that time, and uh, and unfortunately that happened throughout my uh, little uh, passion project. Uh, I, I do make some wine um, uh, since 2018, and uh, long story short, a barrel uh, fell on my a full barrel full of wine fell onto my foot mm. and uh, oh. crushed it. Yeah, yeah. so. Uh, had a few um, uh, had to go through a full reconstruction and like a series of um, of, uh, of surgeries, and oh, uh, it wasn't gosh. really quite sure. Yeah, yeah, um, it wasn't really quite sure if you know I could ever sort of go back to um, I say Somali with the restaurant floor, uh, long hours, etc. And uh, mm-hmm. you know I kind of started to look into um, I guess a different. Uh, um, a different career, uh, more uh, into uh, wine communication, education, and uh, I was I was nearly ready to to let it uh, let it go, let hospitality go, and uh, I just you know focus on winemaking and education, and then uh, an offer came, and uh, and the offer sounded too good to um, to say no to, um, and that was uh, what later became known um, restaurant botanic in the middle of the botanic gardens of, of Adelaide. And, yes, uh, very know, famous. Time, mm. Yeah, at that time it was uh, nothing more than a concept. Uh, so I walked into a uh, construction site and uh, and um, you know had uh, uh, some good conversations and uh, um, what they wanted to do aligned with uh, uh, with my uh, concept of uh, or my definition of, uh, of of fine dining and more importantly dining experiences. And mm-hmm. uh, so I, I came on board as. Uh, as beverage director, looking after obviously all the wine selection, cocktail spirits, uh, and most importantly, uh, non alcoholic beverages. Since we had uh, uh, the whole 51 hectares uh, of land uh, covered with uh, native botanicals and other uh, interesting native ingredients, and uh, it just gave an opportunity to you know, explore um, all kinds of non alcoholic fermentations, infusions, uh, etc., mm-hmm. and create very exciting drinks um, without without any alcohol, of course. Mm. And uh, you know that 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 was really uh, what I what I did most of my time and uh, in in the last uh, you know two three years. And um, and uh, then in, um, in January uh, this year, um, you know I I I just uh, decided to 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 change again. It was time for another change and. Uh, and uh, started to build my own uh, consulting business, in which uh, I, you know it's it's kind of like a distillation of uh, of all my experience, including the concepts I mm. developed throughout my PhD, uh, along with uh, you know what it takes to create uh, absolutely memorable um, dining experiences at the highest level, and uh, now I help wineries to um, to elevate their um, cellar door or tasting room experiences. Yeah. And, uh, and and that's under your your new uh, brand, Marcel Custos Wine Concierge. Is that right? 
Yes, that's right. Yes, that's correct. Yeah. So, um, I'm, yeah. So, Marcel, I'm I'm interested in the um, back to your PhD um, and the the emotion and wine. We we just had um, uh, Charles uh, Gourmet and uh, John Noble in the stu- in the studio. Um, so from the Champagne Board, uh, well, you know, Champagne Bureau. Um, yes. And and we were talking about champagne and and you know how it's it's really the emotion is celebration overall, right? So, um, tell us some other examples of how wine matches emotions and and that you know what what was some of that study that you you did? Yeah, look. So, um, I mean, my study was uh, um, mainly on, uh, on on Chardonnay and and, and Shiraz, and. You know the idea behind the uh, um, flavor and or aroma and and, and, and emotion combinations is is actually um, evoking uh, memories, and then um, mm. those memories in turn will uh, create emotions, right? So, um, you know, one example is that, um, and, and 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 a lot of this actually happen happen um, unconsciously, and it will vary uh, based on the individual very greatly as well. So. You know, for instance, um, I have very fond memories of my of my childhood. Uh, my my grandma would take me. Um, uh, my my grandma would pick me up from the kindergarten, and uh, we'd stop by an ice cream shop, and uh, once a week, and uh, and I would have a scoop of vanilla ice cream. So for me, vanilla is, is something really quite nostalgic. But because of that, um, it, it it also related to to, to happiness and and mm-hmm. I guess you know a sense of belonging. Yes. So for instance, well, I guess then, it's. I can, uh, Sorry, yeah. please go. Um, no, yeah, I, I was just going to say that all, all yeah. part of that is it's it's the smell. I mean, when you think about when it comes down to wine, it's it's first bouquet uh, before you know before palate, right? And when you think about it, smell is the is the strongest, most nostalgic uh, sense. And so that's that's what wine and champagne is all about. So it makes sense that uh, a lot of puns going on here. But, Jill, but you, Jill but you it's get also, I reckon, Jill, it, it's it's that, but it's also um, the experience. So, it, so Marcel is now helping Celadors create, a, you know, a, a fantastic experience for a guest. So when they then buy that bottle and they have it, they come back to that place. And yeah. the people they were with and the weekend that, or the, whatever day it was and why they were there and all that sort of thing. Yeah, absolutely, and uh, and you know that's that's then um, that's then also explains you know why, for instance, uh, choosing the right uh, um, or I should say the the, the matching um, glass for that particular uh, wine is so important. Because mm. as, as 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 you said, like um, the first thing that we really start noticing and really start experiencing um, as far as the sensory side of wine consumption goes is, is actually the, the the aromas of the wine. And the, the mm. and, and the aroma of the wine can be greatly influenced by the the type of glassware, which, of course, you know, explains that it's absolutely important. So, um, you know, I would say that uh, any aspiring cellar uh, should probably really invest in um, a set of good glassware, which is really not that expensive these days, but it can really make it or break it. And um, and uh, you know, the rest of it is really all about actually creating that experience. There's a huge difference between um, tasting a series of wines um, or having a series of tasting glasses in front of you versus going through a tr- truly 
uh, immersive experience that um, is intertwined with storytelling. Um, you have the uh, you have um, have the type of music playing in the background that actually supports the style of the wine and all the sensory characteristics. Not something that distracts because you know someone uh, put in um, a playlist that uh, the person felt like listening in the morning. Uh, so like, there's there's a lot of small things going into creating great experience, and you know that goes from quite literally from the moment you uh, go onto the winery's website and uh, you make a booking. That I do believe that's where your experience really starts. Then you drive to that winery, you park your car, um, and from the car park you start walking um, to, to to the side. You walk through the doors, uh, you immediately. Um, hear the music, uh, the way you are greeted, um, you know, the lights there, the, the, the smells, like, is there a restaurant on site? If there is, um, how does it impact how, how the, 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 the aromas coming out of the, of the kitchen actually impact um, the visitor experience and, and the entire wine tasting experience? Mm-hmm. And then, uh, you know, the, the whole narrative around it, uh, uh, how... How, how stuff communicates about that brand and uh, what are what, what kind of tasting options uh, are available there. Are they too many, too little, are they yeah. structured? Uh, and then the list goes on really and, uh, and you know, it, it then you know, goes through the, the wine club sign-ups and, and sales strategies. Um, I do believe if, if, you, if, you, if you do a great job through um, delivering the tasting experience, you really don't need to sell wine because you already sold it. Right. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. Because that's the whole point of uh, of having a cellar door and the all the all the tasting experience that that the five cell wine, not not by you know trying to uh, implement another sales question whatsoever. And I think you know the um, the tasting experience really doesn't finish um, when when someone uh, pay the bill and and walk out the door. Uh, there is another element to it, which is a post experience. Like how do you actually capitalize? Uh, on the experience that that been delivered mm. to that guest uh, previously, how do you follow up, etc., and how how do you manage to retain them to 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 be lifelong uh, customers? Sure. Uh, so first of all, it sounds like you're in a runway. Um, uh, so I'm assuming there is some form of prerequisite that uh, you find that a winery or cellar door already has in order for you to come in to then to then you know build on it and elevate it. Um, do you work with the specific? I think you may, you may have mentioned the Halliday Wine Companion Top 100 Wine Resource. Is there something, or can I just any? Now I've heard this. Can I call you? as a small winery and say, I want you to come help me, like, or, or, you know, you understand yeah, my, my question around prerequisites. Uh, look, there are no prerequisites, um, but uh, uh, because the whole idea is, I think, um, wine experience is, um, it's, it's not, not, not a concept that, uh, you know, um, certain wineries could just deliver, like you can have different to different places. A small winery can create a very intimate uh, experience because that's, uh, it's, it's almost like, you know, utilizing your, your, your strengths. Um, a small winery uh, most likely have um, their core team involved uh, um, or the winemakers or the owners involved on, um, on a daily basis. They are there. So, um, you know, they are probably the best people to actually tell that story and, and, and deliver that experience and tell, uh, tell you know, uh, how they started. Etc. And um, that's that's something that uh, um, you can start working with. But that's going to be a very different uh, kind of experience from it. Uh, um, a much bigger winery 
um, that uh, that have uh, 50 uh, employees on site and uh, and have a uh, fully operating tasting room with restaurants as well. Uh, so um, yeah, I think in in, in my experience so far. Um, it's not a prerequisite, but what I realize is that usually um, wineries who are already um, in the top 20%, um, those are the ones who, 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 who would like to be even better. Because the reality is that, uh, you know, everything, everything changes continuously. So what sure. works today may not work uh, six months from now because the competition yeah, no, is catching absolutely. up. Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, yeah. Well, I think we've got a great overview of your offering and what you can do, which is, which is, I think it's sensational, um, and obviously really, really helpful for these guys because that's not their, you know, th- that's not necessarily their strength. So, but sometimes that's, being I, I that, love that being that third party, like the outside voice, mm. means you mm. can you can give, you know, this is what I'm feeling when I come to your place, exactly. And then, you know, because you can get too close to it, I'm sure, as a as a as a winery owner. Yeah, 100%. And then that goes with with everything. I've got, we've only got a couple of minutes left, um, Marcel. I'm just very interested that you mentioned that you're Hungarian, um, a country I do love and that I've spent a bit of time in. I really love Hungarian wines. And so we thought maybe if you could just give us a a quick minute of a a bit of your take on the use of Hungarian oak and Hungarian wines in Australia. Oh sure. Well, what a, what a surprise! Uh, <laughs> uh, don't don't mean don't mean many people people are uh, you know having a, a strong um, appreciation for Hungarian wine mainly because there's not many of it available in Australia. Um, yeah, look, Hungary Hungary's wine industry is um, um, it's been it's been it's been still in the I would say in the development process very much because after the um, uh, after communism ended um, back in um, 89, 90, um, essentially the, the whole wine industry had to be rebuilt from from its ashes. Prior to that, um, basically, wine was all about quantity, not about quality. Uh, so, mm-hmm. you know, quite literally, red wine, red grapes, and white grapes would be harvested together and uh, and, uh, and and made into wine uh, for the Soviet states and distributor, of course, um, and um, and, and only like a small portion, like a very small percentage, was uh, allowed for um, for producers to keep for themselves, and only for the internet producers to buy to buy wine region. And uh, yeah, so you know, from that on, um, like a lot of development happened, of course, and, uh, and even in the last ten years, um, like whenever I, I, I visit Hungary, I, I do find some um, new labels and some up and coming. Uh, winemakers who studied abroad and worked abroad and then went back to Hungary and, and started to um, do their, their own label or uh, join the family business and, and now they are modernizing things. Um, but uh, the potential of Hungarian wine is, uh, is, 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 is huge. It's huge. Um, yes, absolutely. It's absolutely. Huge. absolutely. Um, basically, uh, imagine that, uh, well, Roughly 80% of our wine regions uh, is, is has volcanic soil. It's on volcanic soil, and uh, and uh, the geology um, is well, full of limestone. So you have um, wines with, uh, with with tension and, and so much energy and uh, mm. certain 
in certain regions, actually minerality can be a problem because it can be so, wines can be so minerally that uh, you really, uh, it, it actually creates um, reduction in wine and, uh, mm. and uh, it's not very, um, I guess, it's not for everyone. Um, no, so, but it certainly works yeah. with the food that you guys do and works beautifully with loads. Like I, I, whenever I can get my hands on one, I certainly do. But look, I think there's almost a conversation. This could be a, a completely different interview, couldn't it, Simon, <laughs> just on Hungarian wines yeah. and yeah. the different oak. But Marcel, thank you so much for your time this, uh, this Sunday morning. Really interesting stuff. And I really wish you luck and I'll be, um, and I'll be watching you with your wine concierge business. And uh, I'm just so glad that you're, you're helping out our wineries. Thank you. Yeah, thanks. Thanks for having me. Uh, it was a fantastic conversation for a for a, for a Sunday morning, of course. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Well, have um, a lovely day. Thank you very much, Marcel. Thanks. You thank, too. Thank, thank you, you. Marcel. Bye-bye.